0: Welcome to the first episode of Nostalgic Rewind. I'm Callie.
1: I'm Fitz. Rewind. Rewind.
0: Oh my God. This is how this is going to go. Okay. So in this show, we're going to be just talking about nostalgic films. There's probably going to be a lot of DCOMs, Nickelodeon stuff, all that fun stuff. And we hope that you enjoy it too.
1: Absolutely. So also, beep in with your... uh your comments, put them down below. Let us know any movies, uh, any shows you want to see as well, and we'll try to get to those. But uh yeah, let's have fun. Walk through these. You know, a lot of these are from all of our childhoods, and uh, it's going to be walking down memory lane.
0: I think that's also dependent on if the podcast site lets them comment, but... That's true. Oh, well, we'll figure it out. And eventually we'll make a whole website where you can do all your little comments and all that fun stuff in one place. Should we get into the next movie?
1: Yes, we should get into the next movie.
0: So, the movie we're going to be talking about today is the 1999 classic Genius. Also a movie that I like to call the smart version of Hannah Montana.
1: It's pretty accurate.
0: So... I'm going to start off with a summary. And the way this is going to be set up is summary and thoughts, overall reviews, our rating. And then we're going to do a where are they now?
1: Where are
0: they? (laughs) All right.
1: And when we get into the where are they now, this one's really neat because, you know, there's some people in this movie that kind of fell off. There's some people that jumped into like other scenes. Um, You know, we have a... Canadian film film star that popped up into this. And then we have an actress that her career just blew up. So there's a lot to go over in this.
0: So the film follows a boy called Charlie Boyle, who is played by Trevor Morgan. He's a 13-year-old kid and is in love with hockey. And they show that because he's getting bullied by the kids playing hockey in the streets. He doesn't really know how to talk to them. He's 13, high school graduate. And it starts off with him inventing the, this machine that can completely do the ice at an ice rink in seconds, which I have so many questions.
1: So many questions with this, and it would save so much time. You yourself used to be a zamboni driver. I mean, wouldn't this been? Of course, you've been put out of a job, but this had been so much easier.
0: Well, first, why didn't he patent it? They never talk about that. This 13-year-old could be making so much money, but also, how does it work? Because, like, the, it's a little square on the ice. Does it leave an imprint on the ice? Is it going under the ice? Like, does it leave in any showing that it yeah. was there?
1: Well, he puts the machine on the ice, too. So, is that square that the machine is sitting on, how does that get done? Because the machine yeah. is sitting there, and you see in the movie... This almost like bluish light just flying across the ice. And then all of a sudden it has like this mirror shine to it. Did it cover up the divots? We don't know. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of holes, uh, holes in it. It's fun, but there's a lot of holes in it.
0: Yeah. And so after that, you find out that he was accepted into a lot of Ivy League schools oh. like Harvard and everything on full rides.
1: Yeah. But then he chose this small college in Wisconsin uh, because of this doctor that was there. What was the doctor's name?
0: Dr. Kirkstein. But he got a full ride. But one of the stipulations was that he had to teach a class. Yes. Which, why would you do that when you could go to a full ride and do nothing? Also, what is he teaching? Right. Because, yes, he's a genius that graduated high school, but he doesn't have a degree yet. Right. So... He doesn't... What is he teaching? I don't understand that part. And so one of the reasons why he does go is Dr. Crickstein who is... I think it's been for years that he's been trying to figure out the gravitons, right. which are the things that defy gravity. And so the story goes on and Charlie gets to the rink and he overhears the hockey team. And you know our hockey lover is going to eavesdrop on them. And...
1: They were not happy at this point. So (laughs) they're having this conversation amongst themselves and with the coach about how they thought they were going to get rid of the doctor whose office, whose lab was right underneath the ice ring because they needed the cold from the ice ring to keep uh, his machine cold enough where it didn't explode and all. So... And they're talking about how they already hate this kid. And at that moment, he's standing there kind of behind him off to the side. And the dean comes up and calls his name out.
0: Yeah. And it's like that whole concept of like, this guy would have lost funding if this 13-year-old did not show up. But this dean's like, oh, this is great press. Which, by the way, you never see press.
1: You never see press the entire movie. He talks about press constantly and you never see it
0: yeah and you're just like oh okay that works i guess and so after that he meets the doctor they kind of just chat charlie finds out that the lab is really outdated and it kind of moves forward and he meets his roommate well which is on the
1: lab part he has this moment where i think he's like regrets were made mistakes were made coming here and then talking to The professor and he decided, you know, they made an agreement and he decides to give it a chance. So,
0: yeah. But then after he meets his roommate, Mike McGregor, who is the captain of of the the hockey hockey team team. and Mike's not happy at all. And also find out that Mike's also in his class and Mike is making his life
1: miserable, flat out miserable. And, you know, he moves out.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, pretty quick. In one inward. point, he
1: moves out of the room there in the the very beginning.
0: Well, because like they have a little party, and like you can't have a a college party with a thirteen year old. Yeah, and Charlie's not just like a little punk that is understands a lot of it. And then he goes to the ice rink and sees this one girl doing figure skating, acting like a little announcer while she's doing all the her jumps, and finds out her name is Claire. And Charlie's instantly in love with this girl. Oh, yeah.
1: It was instantaneous.
0: And so she decides to go talk to him. And she's like, oh, what's your name? And Charlie's like, people think I'm a nerd. If I say my name, she's not going to talk to me. So he's like, my name's Chaz Anthony. And she's like, oh, what school do you go to? And so he ends up saying, oh, what school do you go to? Which, honestly, for me, I'd be like, oh. Okay, weird, but I guess. And she says she goes to a junior high, and he's like, Same, I go there. And you're kind of led to believe, like, okay, so he's kind of lying to her. And then he decides to hack the school's database and put his name as Chaz Anthony into the school and pretty much in all of her classes, which I'm pretty sure it's a felony.
1: (laughs) Pretty sure that's illegal.
0: Even in 1999, (laughs) that was a felony. And so he ends up going to the school and acts as the cool kid who does not care.
1: Yeah, it's like definitely a split personality thing. He creates this entire persona of Chaz. And Chaz is the opposite of him by far. So you have Charlie... And then Chaz. So Charlie is the smart, very intelligent kid, the very nerdy kid. And then Chaz is the the spiked hair, the leather jacket, the cool kid, the one, the class clown, the one that's just constantly getting in trouble (laughs) to make everyone around him laugh. And uh, there's a point in it right after you know they start going to class and stuff together, and he does this. And he takes over this uh, this uh, skeleton structure uh, of the human body, and he makes it dance in class behind the teacher's back.
0: Which is, for the time, definitely CGI, and you can tell. Oh, yeah. But also...
1: Horrible CGI.
0: It's in his science class, which, by the way, the science teacher's name is Science Teacher on every, every database I could find. They were like, oh, yeah, his name's Science Teacher. Yeah. It's like, wow, really... Really get into the nitty gritty of names. But if you could do that, you look at that and you're like, this person is a genius. They got an entire skeleton to move and he didn't sit there wiring the thing. So you're just like, oh my God, this guy's a genius. And even the science teacher's like, if only you would use your smart for good. Yeah. But also I wanted to backtrack and say, this is, as I've said, Hannah Montana. Yes. This is smart kid Hannah Montana. It is. And so it... Moves on quickly to the teacher being like, hey, you are smart. I know a 13-year-old that's your same age who is also really smart. So we're going to take a trip to the college, which they don't really specify how far it is. But Charlie's like, oh, I'll meet you guys there, which is really odd because...
1: How did he get there?
0: Well, also, what junior high... As quick
1: as the school did.
0: But no, how does a junior high let their 13-year-old wander off yes like, i don't know a school that would be like okay that's fine more this plot is holes. more plot holes. yes and so they go and he's like shoot i have to play both these people so as Chaz, he's like i gotta go to the bathroom
1: it had very much like a mrs doubtfire feel where you know you got these two people trying to play the same this one person trying to play two people role and he just keeps going back and forth he's in the crowd at one time he's back on the stage he thinks he has it settled so he goes back to the crowd and then the the doctor the professor throws him under the bus again it's like oh let's just solve this now and we'll bring him back out here so after he takes this pain off of his face because they the whole thing is they say that he had this lab accident. Then he has to go back and put it back on himself.
0: And then he ends up wheeling himself across the stage and smashing into him. They're like, all right, it's over because...
1: Then Claire comes up and almost discovers him. And then the professor just drags him off stage as fast as he possibly can.
0: And then also during this time, Charlie's pretending to be horrible at school. Oh, horrible. And so he's failing tests just to go up to Claire and be like, can you tutor me? Which at first she's like, No. You're stupid.
1: And his first F that he got, he like pinned it up and was so proud. This is the first F I've ever got.
0: Yeah, he was like, do we have a fridge down here? And he was like, just kidding. I'll hang it up anywhere. It doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) The whole thing's a fridge.
0: Yeah. And so after that, they end up going, him and Claire end up going to her house because they start actually becoming friends and he is so happy. But it turns out, that her dad is the coach for the hockey team. The team. So he's the one that he will pretty much identify him. So he's like, oh my God. So he takes like a hockey mask and hides himself. And he's like, I have to go. And Claire's like, weird, but okay.
1: It was like the dad's collector mask or whatever. Because
0: It was a golden hockey mask.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, after that, there's kind of just a lot of, like, little shenanigans here and there. But he goes to the championship game for the Northern Lights, which is the hockey team for the school. And he's only going there to work. Right. He didn't want to go, but... Oh, And the professor
1: was gone at the time. I
0: forgot to mention a part. It kind of happened, like, in the background of the movie. It doesn't really come up a lot. But Charlie is actually slowly becoming friends with mike mcgregor yes because he starts tutoring him yes and he gives, and he
1: moves back into the dorm room with him
0: yes so and he moves it's, back in it's such a background story that you kind of forget it yeah. and if you look up this story half the places don't even talk about, about this it. part and charlie had given mike this advice being like Oh, the one team cheats. Why don't you make them believe one thing when it's another thing?
1: Right. And then they were talking, you know, they were helping each other because Charlie was helping him with his schoolwork. Mm. And then Mike was helping Charlie with Claire, giving him dating advice and everything. Because at this point, before this, Charlie's like felling. He's super felling at it. Everything that he thought a girl would like, being the bad boy, being the class clown, Claire's not interested in any of this. She actually likes the smart side, which he hasn't shown at this point.
0: She wants to see someone who actually cares about what they do. And now back to where we were. Mike McGregor gave him an honorary coach jersey that says Boyle on the back. And as he's walking to the lab, the dean sees him and is like, oh, my God, this is great press.
1: Now, while that's going on, Charlie had been downstairs and he started the reactor thing. Yeah. So, he started that. That's going to come into play here in a minute. Very important. He starts this and he's like, looks down at his watch. He's watching the game and he said, you know, I want to run up there for five minutes. Of course, the dean grabs him. So, his five minutes becomes a lot more than five minutes.
0: And with that, too... First, he sits by his friends, Odie and Dion, yes. which they really don't come up throughout this whole entire movie that much. They're kind of like, oh, they're his friends, but they really don't. Con- you don't see them connect in no, any way. They're more
1: of the, the kids that are laughing at him, kind of with him, but more at him while he's doing all these shenanigans and stuff in the classroom.
0: Well, and then he gets sneaks away from them and the Dean's like, come into the, come into the player's box. So he's kind of is forced to go there. And Claire realizes that he's right there. And she's like, Dad, there is Chaz. Like, look, that's him right there. And Coach Addison looks and goes, that is Charlie. And Claire kind of has this like breakthrough moment where she's like, oh, my God, this kid was lying and he's been laughing at me. Like, he wanted me to tutor him because she this guy wanted to laugh at how I teach and how I'm not as smart as him. And so she tells him off, and essentially right after, the ice breaks in the most CGI wave. Oh yeah, which
1: it's like these red lights and it's cracking, almost like a uh, earthquake scene in a movie. He, yeah.
0: Well, and they're talking about how they want to repair it, and that was that's a lot of damage. Like yeah, you have typically pipes running through there so it's like are these pipes damaged did it just separate the ice like what exactly happened
1: so when that breaks they are within like a minute of finally beating this team that they've never been able to beat for the championship so the ice breaks charlie runs out there gets everyone off the ice and all and it stops the game and they got to redo the entire game. And the team was winning at the time. So the hockey team is mad. The coach is mad. The dean makes some type of comment that the coach may lose his job. So Claire's worried about it. So from that point, we go to Charlie feeling really sad and keeps trying and trying to get a hold of Claire and Kohler. And... We've got one scene after another where in one fashion or another, in different ways, she's hanging up the phone on him. So she's either dropping it or she answers it and he says, Claire, I just want to talk to you. And at first she's talking to him a little bit. Then she goes, click, no, click. And then she's reading and she just drops the phone down and hangs up on him. So she wants, at this point, she wants absolutely nothing to do with the kid that lied to her. That may have potentially got her father fired. And you could tell that she... The actress in this does a really good job. She had feelings for him. And uh, he just ruined the whole thing at this point.
0: Mm -hmm. And like one of the other things is like Mike McGregor is upset because the team that they were against cheats constantly. And they had to put someone in that had his number so that they would injure that player instead of him so he could score. And they can't do that again.
1: Yeah, that's out of the bag. How are they going to fix that problem now?
0: And so Charlie feels bad, so he goes over to the junior high after he unenrolls himself and hacks into the PA system, which this boy loves. From
1: outside. Yeah,
0: he loves hacking into things. And he apologizes to his friends and then waits for them to come out, and they don't accept his apology. They're kind of like, you lied to us. Like, what do you want us to do? And so he goes back to Dr. Kirk Stein, who has known this whole time that he was enrolled in junior high. So I have no idea how he's working out his schedule. And they find out that the, they had two gravitons in bouncy balls. One could control the other as long as they were connected. And so Charlie's like, this is the best thing that could have ever happened because now I can get my friends back. And so you see him running over to the little pond rink and being like, I need your help. And they're like, we don't trust you. And he's, they're like, Chaz, just go away. And he's like, I'm Charlie Boyle and I need my friend's help. And they're like, I guess. So they start helping and you see them in the next scene where they do like a fake fan group to kind of distract the rival team. And Charlie just opens the door to their stuff And adds little chips on their skates, which, how do these players not see these chips?
1: Right. They're big, orange, round chips, like the size of a 50-cent piece, just stuck to the side of their skates. So, the whole premises is, down in the basement, they set up this little rink-type thing down there with the uh, TVs all the way around it.
0: No, not TVs all the way around it. It's Mm. just one TV. Is it one TV? One TV. I think it's Dion who is up on the ice well, near the IS holding a camera that yes. is directly linked and yeah. Odie is sitting at the at the computer. Yes. I think it it might be D on there. I I get their name. So my one time. of the
1: kids are up top with the camera, one of the kids are down below, and yes. he's clicking the button to activate the chips.
0: Yes. And And back
1: then, you know, I remember that era. So Wi Fi wasn't super strong. So how are they able to send the signals Back and forth to these little chips, which is another whole cute movie, another whole.
0: Yeah, and so they end up having Claire, who Claire doesn't even really believe in it, but she kind of starts building towards it. And so her and Charlie connect to two of the cheating team's players, and they stop them from doing what they usually do, where one person distracts the ref and two people slam into a player. They stop that. And then they're like, oh no, where's this other chip? Yes. Because we need to be able to stop this other player.
1: Because the other player had been out of the scene for a minute. And he gets up and he starts charging towards Mike as fast as he can. And then all of a sudden, here comes the doctor.
0: Yeah, and he can't skate. So you see him just wobbling and he does stop him, but... Doing that, he actually slams into an electrical box, which apparently doesn't hurt him at all. He just kind of is like, oh, that hurt, but I'm good. And these gravitons, now we're defying gravity, and they're it. you have Dr. Crick, Crickstein, Charlie, and Claire all floating. Crickstein's the only one still connected to one of the players, so that player starts just floating.
1: floating. No, the other two start floating, too, because they start floating up towards the... Uh... The score thing in the middle.
0: I thought it was just one. No, no.
1: It was all of them. So... But he stops the guy. The guy goes charging. And then all of a sudden, he just... He starts spinning them circles. And then when they float, uh, start floating up in the air. They all float. But the, the crazy thing that gets me is... The crowd wasn't... No one's questioning... Everyone's
0: just like, this is
1: normal. This is normal. No one's questioning that all of a sudden, these people are just floating up in the air like a cartoon. No one's questioning it. I
0: mean, one of the things it's like... I mean, in hockey games, is there a rule for flying players? Like, I don't know what the hockey (laughs) rules for that are. But... They, hands up floating, they win. They The guy's still floating. Yes. No one's really questioning it. He's kind of just like swimming. Do they ever
1: hair. come down? Because we don't see that. We don't see them actually yeah. coming down.
0: Well, and then during the whole floating time, Charlie and Claire kiss. So you're like, yes. cool, they're dating. And the team wins. And then it just cuts to sometime later. Yes. Where they're playing pond hockey and just the kids... And they're trying to be like, okay, who does Dr. Krickstein's team, like who should have him because no one wants him. But he wants to be involved. Right. This like, I'm guessing he's like in his 50s.
1: Yeah, he's like your goofy uncle that doesn't have kids but wants to be a part of it but doesn't know how. And he's just super clumsy. Um, But yeah, he's standing there and then all of a sudden the hockey team, the college hockey team floats up.
0: Yeah, and they're like, hey, we know what you did. Like, we want to play. And they're like, cool, we'll clear out. And they're like, no, we'll play against you. And Charlie's like, okay, only if you take Dr. Kirkstein And that's the end of the movie. They don't say if, like, they did anything with their discovery. Nothing. They don't even really know what they did. They just ran no. into an electrical box. So it's like, can you recreate There's that?
1: So You know, too big, at least too big. Uh, discoveries here, technically three, because you having able to hack the the intercom system from outside, nothing attached to anything. In 1999, he's able to hack this, um, so he's got three inventions in there. We don't know where it went. What happened to these things?
0: <laughs> the, it just kind of ends. You're like, all right. And overall, like, although it has so many plot holes, it's it's still an enjoyable movie.
1: So, talking about the entire thing all together, I think, you know, the storyline is great. You know, you see a connection in between everyone that feels genuine. It feels like something you can get involved with. Um, It has a storyline of, at the end of the day, be who you are. You know mm-hmm. this whole thing. You know we all have those moments where we try to, you know, put on this persona to try to fit in. At the end of the at the end of the movie, it was Charlie who fit in even better than Chaz did. You know, him just being himself, it was more than enough.
0: Yeah, and like I remember as a kid, I loved this movie. I remember. Being up at like two in the morning when Disney Channel used to play movies really, really late because I just was not a kid who slept. And I love this movie. But like looking back, I'm like, there's so many plot holes, but I still love it. Yes.
1: And, you know, it's a kid's movie per se. We all look, we're looking back at it as adults. These are, and this is part of the whole rewind thing is, okay, what's our viewpoint of these movies that we grew up with, these shows and stuff that we grew up with, that we loved, that we wore out on the VHS? We wore out the DVD watching them over and over, or we sat on the TV trying to scroll through to find them, to watch them again. How do we view those shows now that we viewed then? And what's the difference?
0: Yeah. And like for an overall rating, which we do a little different rating scale here. It's going to be based on brain cells. One brain cell being like, I used one brain cell because the rest fell asleep. I feel very dumb. And then five brain cells, all brain cells engaged.
1: Yes. Used them all.
0: They enjoyed every moment. And I would say this is probably a four brain cell.
1: Four brain cells. I rated it a four out of five brain cells. You know, the the plot holes and stuff like that could have been covered up a little bit better. Could have gave it a short couple minute. This is what happens in the future or whatever. Yeah. It could have been connected a little bit better to things. But I think overall, the, the story it tells, the value it gives, and, you know, the moral kind of moral the pathway that it kind of teaches because it, it, I really feel that be who you are thing in there and the ability to apologize and the ability to forgive those things are extremely important and I think those are values that kids need to learn you know we're going to screw up how do we fix it you know you can't have a a problem without a solution and I think this This movie was really good about identifying the problem, creating it, showing what it is, but yet coming up with the solution. So there's no plot. There's no holes in that. Mm -hmm. But there's other little holes. I think it's the reason that it doesn't get the five. Um, But it's very engaging. It's one of those shows you watch all the way through. Some moments you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Why is this this? But... The storyline is
0: there. And so one of my favorite things to do for movies is look up fun facts about them. Fun fact time! But the issue with this one is there really wasn't a lot of fun facts. The only fun fact I could find about this movie was that it was the first DCOM or Disney Channel original movie that was filmed in Canada. Really? Yeah. Wow. So the first couple were actually filmed in the U.S. But it was the first one there that they marketed as that. And now, for the part you've been waiting for.
1: This is the part. Where are they now?
0: Okay. So, I did all this research, so... You um, did.
1: You did. You kind of kept me up while you were trying to do this research. It was great.
0: So, the first person is Trevor Morgan, who plays Charlie Boyle or Chaz Anthony, depending on which character you're looking at at the time. Trevor was actually nominated for Best Performance in a TV movie or pilot for the movie. Oh, wow. He didn't win, but he was nominated. He would later go on to win awards in 2005 and 2006 for Mean Creek and Local Color. His last credit is from 2020 for Big Fork as Tucker. It seems like he's now focusing on writing directing as he owns a production company in Chicago, Illinois, and that's actually where he's originally from. Oh wow. As for his personal life, he proposed to his girlfriend Paulina in 2018. However, sadly he lost his brother Joseph in 2021. Despite his losses, he actually seems like he's doing pretty well.
1: No, it seems like he's had a low-key career, but he's had a career. Yes. So, he's had a pretty decent career.
0: Um, the next person, Okay. which a lot of people ha- will probably recognize, is Emmy Rossum, who plays Claire Addison.
1: Now, she's the one I was talking about earlier that her career really kicked off after this.
0: Yes. So... She was also nominated for Best Supporting Actress in in the Young Artist Awards for this movie. But she would later win four awards in 2004 and 2005 for Phantom of the Opera. In 2009, she would win two awards for Bear and then one as herself. And then in 2014, she would win another award for herself and Before I Disappear. She would become really well known for her role as Fiona Gallagher in Shameless, which I've actually never seen.
1: I've seen some of those. Um, she plays this really cool character in the show. If y'all get a chance, check it out.
0: Um, and then her most recent credit is from 2023 as Candy Sullivan in the Crowded Room, which I've also not heard of. But there are so there's so much media nowadays. In 2015, she would get in gate. Oh, sorry as for her personal life she married Justin Siegel in tw- 2008 but divorced 19 months later due to irre- I can never pronounce that word irreconcilable differences. differences yes 2015
1: that is a short marriage yes a super short marriage
0: but in 2015 she did get engaged to Sam Esmail and married in 2017 the couple would privately welcome their daughter in 2021 and their son in 2023 oh, nice. <sighs> So, the next one, which I also want to say, I did not like going too far into their personal lives. It feels so invasive. It does. It and does. so, it was very, what I could find on the surface level. I'm not going to dive so deep in and find out what they're doing for every day of their life. No. Uh, the next person was Charles Fleischer, who plays Dr. Crickstein.
1: Now, in this one, we couldn't find much about Charles, except that it seemed like he... What was it? Um,
0: He predominantly focused on projects for kids. He also performed stand-up comedy throughout the years, which makes sense because he does seem like he was in a lot of comedian, like comedy, very centric shows. And in the
1: show, he kind of had like a dry sense of humor. Yes. Very dry.
0: His last credit is for voice acting in 2022 for Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And then the next one is Yannick Bisson, or bison, I'm not entirely sure. He plays Mike McGregor. He has been acting throughout the years. After the project, his last credit is from 2018 as Martin Bell in the Last Scene Alive, an Aurora Tea Garden mystery. He formerly actually worked as builders between acting jobs to support his family. His wife Chantel works as a television content creator and writer. Doesn't really say what he does now, but he has spoken about being an avid bicyclist. Bicyclist and a collector of bicycles which is interesting but i have no idea what else besides that and then you got peter calligan who plays dean wallace mm-hmm. peter was actually nominated for best supporting actor in 2022 for his work on working mom peter would go on to continue acting throughout the years his last credit is from 22 as richard greenwood for working mm-hmm. mom's as for his personal life, there really isn't much said except that he did marry Leah Pinsett. In, in like
1: 2001. Yes. Now, he very much a Canadian actor. All of his stuff. He did other little films and TV shows and stuff after that all the way up to the uh, 2022 Um, nothing real big, but it was like one little show after another.
0: Yeah. And then the final person I'm going to be talking about is Philip Granger, who plays Coach Addison.
1: The coach.
0: Philip actually continued acting and would become best known for the 2021, I think it's a film or show, Made. Uh And then the show in 2020, Upload, which I've actually seen. Yes. And I do love Upload. And then the show... Tucker and Dale vs. Evil in 2010. In 26- 2006, he was nominated for Paper Moon Affair. In 2019, he would be nominated for AMI and win an award for Woodland. Finally, in 2023, he would be nominated for a short drama named Walk With Me. His most recent credit is for Milton Thumb Tom in the TV movie The Case of Mystery Lane in 2023. There is... Really no information on his personal life. And I was not going to try that hard to right. dig into his life. And-,
1: and our goal with these is kind of give you a brief view of these people. So you kind of know where they are. One of the things I love when watching a movie, a lot of times when we'll finish movies, i look, okay, what are they doing now if it's an older movie? Oh, yeah. It's neat to see how their careers and stuff like that have have definitely progressed. But, you know, overview on the whole thing, I think we... Lo- we liked it. We loved the movie. I think it brings back a lot of nostalgia, mm-hmm. and uh, to be able to step back and kind of look at these. But yeah, we give it that uh, four out of five brain cells.
0: Yeah, and I'm excited to talk about the movie next week,
1: Ooh. which
0: we won't say what it is, so you can always keep guessing. If are we giving them a hint? Are we giving no. them a hint? No hint.
1: We get no hint on what we're doing next week. So you're just going to have to stay tuned to it and kind of keep following us and uh, look out for the next one popping up.
0: Yeah, and we will, well, you'll hear from us either in the next podcast if you're listening a little later or you'll hear from us next week, depending on whichever one you're at. But thank you for listening. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed it.